Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, he was talking to us and, um, you know, basically was, you know, how bad do we want to, you know, be a good team? How bad do we want to win? Uh, are we willing to sacrifice and do little things? Uh, I guess, like I said earlier, just getting back on defense is something we, we all can't can control. Um, turn the ball over, we can control that. Like, we can control these things that, that um, you know, we were doing tonight and, um, you know, there's no excuses. We just got to get, get, you know, to watch and film, get back to work, and luckily we have another game tomorrow. So, It's Mike Conley talking about the message from Quinn Snyder as the Jazz down 40 at halftime in Toronto. They lose 130-110. to 110. BK, they've now given up 120 points or more in four of their last five games. They were the best defensive team in the league. Now they're 11th. And you don't need any of that. The eyeball test in the first half of that game told you they weren't even close to good enough. So what changed? Their ability to, well, not ability. I would say willingness, want to, the urgency to defend. So you got to work at it. Yeah. Maybe they thought they'd gotten to a good place and it was going to be easy. Mm, it's not that easy. Okay. And then mistakes seem to multiply. Do Compound. one bad thing. Compound, yes. Well done. Jazz 20 games in now, 12 and 8, which I did think was a 55-win pace and still do, but it does look like there's a tier of teams breaking away above them if they don't get this together. And they got Philly to wrap up the road trip, and then they got the Lakers, one of those teams that's now five games in front of them. Yes. They're coming in on Wednesday. And I'm going to kick in the shin, the first person who says, well, it's the first game back. It feels like a road game. <laughs> okay, great. Win anyway. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The Lakers are human. Just barely. They actually got beat. They fall to 17-3. and And it's Dallas that took them down. There's a team that we weren't thinking could be on a tier above the Jazz, but quarter of the way through the season there. The Mavericks 13-6, and six, looking rock solid given the Lakers their third loss. Well, there's a couple things there. Dons is just better than anybody that the Jazz have. And the Lakers had played a slew, I think, 10 games in a row of teams under 500, and now the December schedule gets a little more difficult, so we'll get a better read on where they are. And right off the bat, they play a team that's over 500 by, what, seven games, and then they lose. Doncic had 21 of his 27 points in the second half of that win. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard making it look easy as the Clippers shred the Wizards. 150 points? It's a lot of points. Well, the ball's juice this year, so <laughs> we're seeing uh, better offensive numbers. Clippers improved to 15-6 and six on the year. And if you think it's going to be Clippers and Lakers at the top of the Western Conference race, it's hard to argue with it right now. Clippers have not really had their guys together very long. And yet, there they are, third in the West, just two and a half games behind the Lakers. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Seems like an age ago now, but the 
perfect start for the Utah State Aggies is over. 15th-ranked Aggies lost to St. Mary's Friday night, 81-73. A game that seemed closer than the score indicated, PK. That was a one- or two-possession game most of the night. I agree. Aggies dropped to 7-1 on the year. The Utes picked up a win over UC Davis. BYU blew out Montana Tech. And now we can all look forward to the Utes and the Cougars Wednesday night at the Huntsman Center. Yoli Childs will be back, and we can get a read on both these teams. Yeah, poor scheduling. Tonight the Lakers play the Jazz here. So I'm going to have to stay. I wanted to go to either, but I obviously can't go to both, and I want to watch both. So I'll have to be flicking back and forth. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Well, I'm enjoying it, but I'm already thinking about the next one and, and what we got to do. But, but uh, yeah, that's some. I think that's a, a common problem for coaches, and as they look back and reflect, you know, when their career's over or later in their career, they, they probably will all admit they didn't enjoy it enough, didn't enjoy the ride enough. So I try, but it's hard. It's hard because you're always worried about the next thing. Well, it's a short week, so I get that, but 11-1 and one doesn't come around very often, PK. An eight-game winning streak in conference doesn't come around very often, but it's high-stakes Friday night, massive reward sitting out there, so I get why he's on to the next one, but what a sweet ride. That was my question, and I forgot to use the word enjoy, so he didn't understand the question at the start. I understand it was, uh, it was played on ESPN, my voice. I made the big time, and... I forgot the word enjoy into the question, so he wasn't sure what I meant, so I had to elaborate, and then he got it and answered it as such, and that's true. Yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear coaches say a million times over that the lows are lower than the highs are high, and, uh, and I could speak from personal experience having discussions with him when the seasons were five and seven, how difficult it was and how personal he took it and how it affected his life. So, yeah, this is, this, I tweeted this out after the game uh, Saturday night. No matter what happens from here on out, this is a season, I believe, for the ages. I've been following this conference for 40 years, and very rarely, if any, can I remember the uh, literal dominance that this team has had from, except for one game, which they only lost by seven points, so it was not that big of a deal as far as I'm concerned. And every other game, and I believe the Washington game falls almost in that category, not completely, but all the other games certainly do, where they have just dominated, man, and it has been just a one-sided affair the whole way. This is an incredible season, and there's still games to go, at least two, maybe three, maybe four. I don't know if it's going to be that much, but and I don't, I don't care, because it's two different things. It's the regular season in college, and then it's the postseason, and so what happens next won't take away, in my mind, from this complete and total dominating season that they've had. Number to remember is 29. In eight straight wins, the Utes average margin of victory 29. They were 28-point favorite against Colorado, and they covered. Just blowing another team off the field. Yeah. So it's Oregon Friday night, and if it's a big game, who will be there, PK? You? You! Me? You've yelled that a well, million God times. Willing. I mean, I can't predict the future. I'm, uh, not, I'm not a prophet. It, it's all in his hands. I hope you make it to Friday. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Second down. Baker throws right on cue. Touchdown, San Diego State to Bellinger. Corey Chavis calls that perfectly. Daniel Bellinger, touchdown, Aztecs. That's the only touchdown of the game. BYU's five-game win streak ends with a 13-3 loss. That game was even more defensive than I thought, and I thought it was going to be really defensive. 
The missed field goal certainly kept the score down. Well, you were a fan, so you thought the Aztecs were going to lose. Or you set yourself up for that so you wouldn't be hurt. I said first one to 20 will win the game, and nobody got to 14. At your age, being hurt by a athletic event is really startling. But nevertheless, that's what we have. Well, Rocky Long is old school. He's old school to the point where I'm sure that he watches black and white television at home. <laughs> He's got a transistor radio. He has a rotary dial. Phone. I mean, this and guy it's hasn't on the changed wall. in 100 years. So that's the way they play. It was a bitter disappointment for the Cougars. Uh, not to be able to move the ball. Zach Wilson, I would have pulled him. I mean, you got a little bit of a history here with Baylor Romney. And they said he was ready to go, right, as far as I know. And you didn't need much. He was available much. to play. Yeah. You didn't so was need, Jaron Hall. You didn't need much when you were going to pull him, third quarter? At any point where it was obvious that he wasn't getting the job done. And so that's – I'm surprised they didn't because that, that was the worst game that he played. I've been a big defender of him and a proponent of him, but I can't really go. And it's not to say that he was the lone person responsible for the loss. That's ridiculous. It's more about – it's not so much about Zach Wilson. It's just that Baylor Romney has played well in the times that he's played. And so you needed a spark. I thought, and I think coaches are probably listening, I thought that they blew it on that one, that uh, they would uh, give the other kid. Because the other kid had shown up. If it had been where, uh, like at Utah, where the backup really hadn't shown Jack. Because you, know, you don't know what you have. Right. Whereas so, you got a better sample size at BYU. Yeah. So, Couldn't generate any run game whatsoever. No running back had 30 yards. As a team, they had less than 80 yards. And that's bad that, you know, they lost two running backs now. They've been battered by injuries. To season-ending uh, knee uh, surgeries, right? And both those kids show, had shown a little bit to where they thought, okay, they could be something, and then they both go down after not playing that long, and that sucks for them. And they couldn't, obviously, they couldn't overcome it. Bitter, bitter defeat, though. Seven and five now going to the Hawaii Bowl. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Aggies closed their season out with a win. It wasn't their most impressive or their most dominant, but it was a win. They end up winning in New Mexico 38-25. Took a little while to get it going, but then they uh, opened the game up as New Mexico made a couple of massive blunders in the last two turnovers in the last 90 seconds before halftime, and Utah State turned both the short fields into touchdowns and blew that game wide open. 38-25. The Aggies now also 7-5, and waiting for their bold destination next week. I guess all that's still, there's no way that'll get worked out early because they don't know what, if Boise State's going to get into a New Year's Six game. So that'll have to wait. Yeah, that'll have to wait to Sunday to figure that out. There wasn't an Alamo Bowl representative at Rice-Eccles Saturday night. Was the Rose Bowl there? Oh, you don't have to be because they'll be more of a, uh, there won't be any choice there. What you're hinting at there is that that might signify that the Alamo already knows that if the Utes don't go Rose, they're not going to be available for the Alamo. They could be Cotton. They could still be a New Year's Six team. I don't see any difference between those two myself. Uh, I I would rather go Alamo and place a better opponent. Uh, But the point that I was going to make is the Alamo Bowl lady, she's very attractive. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Justin Tucker for the winner from 49 yards. Snap is good. Kick on the way. It is long enough. And the kick 
is good. The time has come off the clock. The haze in the barn. And the Ravens take down the 49ers. Watson of the gun with Duke Johnson to his right. Deshaun hands off to Johnson. Now to hop right side who flips the ball to Watson. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. Change at the top, PK. The Patriots lose. Before that, you heard the Ravens beat the Niners as time runs out. That game was played in a driving rainstorm. And now the Ravens, 10-2, tied for the best record in the NFL. And in the AFC, they got the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Serious Super Bowl contender right there, and they won a different way. It wasn't Lamar Jackson running around, making big plays. He had to grind a little bit. He ran for a touchdown. He got a huge fourth down conversion on a quarterback sneak. Didn't make the big mistake that Garoppolo made turning the ball over on a fumble in the bad weather. Ravens 10-2, Patriots 10-2, and the Saints and the Niners also 10-2. And Seattle could join that group tonight if they beat Minnesota. So plenty of teams all bunched up at the top of the NFL. Yeah, this is unlike college, though. The success of their season with those teams will be determined in the postseason. And it'll be sorted out probably head-to-head. Only to one degree or another. The Chiefs aren't quite in that group. They have uh, they had not won back-to-back games since September, but they did it blowing out the Raiders 40-9. So they're leading their division, but they're a step back at 8-4. and four. As is Houston, who looked good beating New England. And you got to wonder about the Patriots' offense because they just go through long dry spells. It's really been a solid month of that. Tom Brady was not happy on the sidelines. No. Couple of shockers. Miami beat Philadelphia. The NFC East Cowboys are six and six, and they lead the division despite that beating they took from Buffalo on Thanksgiving. As the Eagles lose to Miami, Miami runs a cool-looking trick play. And the punter throws to the kicker. It looked like that weird duck formation the youth used to run a gate. couple days ago. Yeah. The swinging gate. That's what it's called. Yeah, I was weird looking, but and Cincinnati won't go over. They broke through and beat the Jets. So. Tonight, while the Jazz are playing tonight, we've also got the uh, Vikings and the Seahawks. So the Jazz game will be on 97.5, the zone. And we're not going to have Monday Night Football tonight? No Monday Night Football tonight. i got the Salt Lake City Stars in action. Grand Rapids Drive, I believe, in town. All right, that's going to be on 1280, the zone at 7 o'clock. The Jazz game starts at 5. And, of course, Monday Night Football will be on ESPN at 615, but not on the zone tonight. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, more on the Utes and the Pac-12 title game. Frank Dolce will be here in our next segment. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst at 8.30. Oh, Yogi, man. I bet you he's just going to hammer the Pac-12. Oh, this is perfect for him, actually. He's got the the two best teams in the Pac-12. He doesn't have to talk about anything else. 21 wins between them. Uh, yeah, but it's not about that. It's about the Utes getting to the playoff. Yogi's coming up at 8.30. Frank Dolce will be here next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Fill in the blank. Dumbest mistake you've ever seen that cost a team a game. Apparently you had some issue with an umpire. I want to say it was 11. Really, really bad Little League season. And it came down to the final game of the season. And our team had won two games. And the team we were playing had won one game. And it went into extra innings. The umpire agreed to stay through. He's like, yeah, this has no bearing. But the kids are having fun. Everyone's here. And I complained so much about his calls that he finally looked over at our dugout and said, that's the game both teams forfeit and left. And it was because of my complaints that he did this. I cost both teams a victory that day. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Utah and Oregon Friday night. PK will be in Santa Clara for the game. We'll have you covered all day and on the postgame afterwards. Of course, we'll have a cover you all week leading up to it. And PK, there is other news out of the Pac-12 as the other 10 teams shut it down. Herm's not standing still, and he's not going to be okay with mediocrity. Fired three offensive staff. Scoring 20 points a game isn't good enough, he says. Freshman yeah. quarterback, and they had to play a second freshman quarterback. They got a big win over Oregon, but thanks for playing, guys. That's, a, that's the way it goes, man. He's determined he's going to hire his NFL buddies. That's what he wants. So they uh, he brought in a couple of high school guys, right, that gave him ties to uh, a really productive school in Arizona that cranks out a lot of what? Which school is Chandler. it? Chandler. Chandler. And then Long Beach Poly, which cranks out a ton of talented players in Southern California. Mm-hmm. None of them got caught up in that, did they? But I didn't know what positions they did. No. With the coach. Well, the, Antonio Pierce is an NFL linebacker, so he coaches linebackers. The other guy, uh, running backs, Aguano. Uh, no, they're gonna. He'll hire his buddy Hugh Jackson, and then he's gonna get uh, a couple other guys to recruit. And got to have the guys, man. I mean, Kyle has drummed that into our heads for years and years. Ninety percent of the deal is recruiting. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got, you have to have the players. You can have all the greatest coaches in the world you want, but you've got to have the players, and you got to be able to get them. It's funny because you know, he's gotten a lot of run, and it's two seven and five seasons. Just like I said. <laughs> I said that. Still waiting for that nine-win season. Well, I said that he's not going to go two and ten because nobody does. But he's not going to run out of string of ten and twos either because <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> and I think in all coaches and all head coaching situations, you got to give him at least three years before you make any big pronouncements. I mean, Kevin Sumlin's taking all sorts of heat now in Tucson, and the the thing that looks really bad with him is that the year before he was there, Khalil Tate was all that. In these last two years, he hasn't been anything close to what he was his sophomore year. And so that, that I, I think that if they didn't have Tate, he would not have as much pressure. And then, of course, you have the Clay Helton thing, is he or isn't he? It reminds me of you. Is he going to be fired or is he not? And so you know, one report says yes, another report says not yet. And... They had a team meeting at 5.30, but that was a regularly scheduled team meeting because they were going to meet because they had to wait to see what happened with the Utes and Buffaloes. And then so then they had the meeting planned either way. So it wasn't a coincidental timing of that meeting. So you're going back and forth on all that stuff and and uh, to be determined. And the one reports is there's... It's it's Urban Meyer's job and they'll know by Friday if he says yes or no and... 
the state of journalism has really taken a massive hit here in the last several years with all these sources said stuff. You just don't know who to believe, what to believe, what's true, what isn't true. And it obviously it's all aspects of the world. I'm glad I'm on the back end of this business rather than just starting because it's you got Pat Forty who works for Sports Illustrated refuting a Sports Illustrated report. <laughs> it's crazy. You guys have a meeting figured out and get back to us. I do think some of this comes when you, and I think you've been in this situation a couple times, when you're really close to what's going on and it hasn't been decided yet and you know the decision's almost made, but it hasn't been decided you yet. you don't report it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the thing that's really changed yeah. is now, before you had one deadline every 24 hours that you had to meet when you were a trip beat writer. And now it's social media. What's going on this hour? Uh, they're deciding. And he thinks he's going to go, but he's got to make up his mind, and he may not go, and he can change his mind in 42 minutes. Or if you report that, then you need to report that this is not final. Like I told you in the end of February last year that I heard that Dave Rose was going to quit. I didn't report that he was quitting. He can change his mind at any yeah. point. And then right. a month later, he he quit. So, but I wasn't going. I, I, Dave Rose will resign. I did throw, and, and I, you know I'm part of it too because I I reported that. Yeah, I'm hearing he's going to quit. Right, but you had really good sources. But if something changes. Mm-hmm. You know, an AD can be thinking about firing somebody, but until they do, they don't. They can be thinking about hiring somebody, but until they do, they don't. And if you know they're thinking about it. Yeah. I think, but for me, though, to talk on the state of journalism when I've got you sitting here is ridiculous on my part. I mean, you're the authoritative source on sports journalism. I mean, that's a fact now. That's an absolute fact. As you won the award again. Again, <laughs> you're, you're going to need a shed for all the hardware. This is crazy. <laughs> the shed. Yeah. <laughs> the shed. I get yeah, taken to the woodshed. Go out to the shed. You go out to the shed to put in more hardware. Again, he won. And you're the authoritative sport, source. You're the authoritative source. I mean, that's a fact. I tweeted it out. And I got... DJ's the Johnny Carson of our time. PK, when they make an award for a sidekick, second banana, I'm sure you'll be nominated. Ah, so ridiculous for me to talk about journalism. The floor's yours. Why don't we talk about football? It's ridiculous for Frank to talk about football. You're the authoritative source. The, the floor's yours. DJ, PK, and Frank Dolce joins us now. The Utes, 11-1. and Frank... Finally overcame his fear of close games and crazy things happening and went to the stadium expecting a blowout. And he got it. And he joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Did you have a great weekend, Frank? <laughs> yeah, I had a nice weekend. I, I was in, I was in San Diego for a soccer tournament, um, so that was that was fun, and uh, it was kind of a treacherous drive back, but we all made it. 
and the Utes figure out a way to get into the championship game. Nothing wrong with that. And they, they got a little help from Alabama and Nick Saban, who was talking a little smack last week. Yeah, I didn't really think that Alabama was the threat. I thought the Utes were going to jump over Alabama with this win next week. So I never viewed and I know people in the press box, a lot of people that call themselves media just are really hardcore fans of the Utes, and they're all sweating it. And I didn't really see anything to sweat because I think that Alabama wasn't much of a threat that they weren't going to get. They can politic, and Paul Feinbaum and Saban could have politicked all they want. Uh, it still remains. The number one threat is Oklahoma. The number two threat is Georgia. And that hasn't changed in my mind. How do you feel about Baylor? Uh, I feel good relative for the Utes being able to stay in front of Baylor. But I get your point. They should be included in there. Yeah. I mean, that all of these these teams make some significant argument for expansion of the playoff at, at the very least. But... But I think you're right. The Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Utah. I I don't know that Georgia. I think Georgia is going to get beaten by. If so if Georgia gets you know gets in that game with LSU and wins, then then that's deadly for Utah. Yes, I just I don't think they're going to win. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win either. So at this point, I feel like it's a Oklahoma Utah kind of thing. Yes, and. I I wasn't I wasn't very optimistic about Utah's chances several weeks ago, and in fact, I still think had Alabama been able to beat Auburn, then we'd still be talking about Alabama. They for for some reason they just hold that level, and and the I think that they would have been voted in, but but that's that's not the case anymore. So now it's just these two, and I I don't know. I, I think Utah makes a really compelling case. When was the last time that a team has run for over 100 yards against the Utes? The Devils got them. I know Benjamin had 100 yards. Yeah, that may be it. And that was obviously uh, almost two months ago now. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the thing, man. I don't know that they're going to get in, but I sure would love to see them get the best chance possible just to see how good they are because I haven't seen this level of dominance in a long while. And I'd have to double-check. From the defensive perspective, I'm speaking, to where it's just been the games have been so one-sided, almost literally right from the start. If not right from the start, then certainly by the middle of the second quarter and into the third quarter. And when you have this level of dominance, I believe you deserve to be tested at the highest level. I don't know what will happen in that situation if it came to that, but I think they deserve it. I still don't think they're going to get it. I still think Oklahoma... And that's what I wrote and said weeks ago, and Ute fans jumped me for that, but that's my feeling. I still think that Oklahoma, if they win, they're going to, Oklahoma's a blue bud, and they're going to invite them, and it's going to be at Utah's expense. I, I, feel, the same, I feel the same way, and I, I've watched both teams play. I think Utah maybe makes a more compelling argument because of that because of the defense that they bring. It's just a stifling kind of defense. And like you said, even after maybe a rough first quarter, they just figured it out. Yeah. And and then Colorado couldn't do anything. And we've seen that happen all, almost all year long. Uh, the issue 
Utah's facing is the national story of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And, and with Tua going down, that probably helps Oklahoma because of the storyline. Yep. Hey, here's the, you know, the former Alabama quarterback, and he's a Heisman, so he's going to lead this team to this unbelievable season. And I don't know, maybe, maybe people think that's a more compelling storyline. But I would love to see Utah play Oklahoma and, and see what kind of success Hurts would have against that Utah defense. I think that's a that would be a great matchup. Um, but I, I I agree with you, and I I I'd say that with a. I mean, I'm the same way. Utah deserves an opportunity to be there. I think all of us around here agree with that. And I also feel like in a in a head to head, if it comes down to a vote, then Oklahoma gets the nod from the from the committee. So why has the committee not done it already? Because Oklahoma is sitting on a uh, win over a ranked team. The Utes do not have a win over a ranked team. Now, the Utes could get one against Oregon, but Oklahoma could get a second one by beating Baylor. So if you go on the eyeball test, you know different committee members are going to do whatever they want. It's just a vote. And year to year, they've done different things. On the eyeball test, man, Oklahoma flirted with disaster against Iowa State. They almost blew that 21-point lead, and they stopped a two-point conversion to win 42-41. And the, um, or 41-40, whatever it was. It was a one-point game. And they did the same thing, almost the same thing against TCU. They almost blew a 21-point lead there, and they won by four. And TCU had the ball twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead. The Utes haven't been in those kind of games. So eyeball test over here, which favors the Utes, or you count up wins over ranked teams. Well, they already have a second one. They beat Oklahoma State. Is Oklahoma State going to be ranked? I wasn't counting it because I don't think they're going to be after that loss. But you're right. Right now, they're sitting on it. So, uh, yeah, and Baylor. So, so that would be a second win over Baylor this year for Oklahoma, right? Yeah. They have to beat them. In the, yeah. So it would be a second win over Baylor this year. And, and Baylor uh, is ranked higher than... Oregon right now, and yeah. and and the teams Utah the the wins that were supposed to be air quote signature wins for Utah those teams keep losing right it's a, it's a bad look and and all you can all Utah can do is do their job and they've done that tremendously well and and in dominating fashion and I and still, yeah, I think um, that the knock on them is they didn't. They, they, you, yeah. you can't change your schedule in conference, but they didn't yeah. play a P five team at all. And Oklahoma I think did. That, yeah, the committee's going to come up with all these arguments. They didn't play a P five team non conference, and they didn't beat a ranked team, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and they don't have this guy, they don't have that, and all of that is. I think you could match this Utah team up with anybody, and at the very least. They would be competitive, and at most they would knock off all of those teams that, that are ahead of them. And plus, so, Oklahoma's a better TV draw. It's probably a better TV draw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's all these right. crazy. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because this is, yeah, I agree. in the history of Utah football, this team ranks right up near the yeah. top. Now, I, I think they have to finish. I think they have to finish with Oregon. I mean, I, I, I hesitate because... But they rank right up there with the with the top three teams in Utah history. Sure. Does Oregon scare and, you at all? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
they they scare me because they could get on a roll and they have a very good quarterback and I like their running game and defensively they've been really solid all year long. I think they give Utah they could give Utah some trouble, no question about it. Uh, but Utah also has a defensive uh, a defensive team that makes Oregon worried and makes Justin Herbert worried. Like we we've, we've seen him under pressure and we've seen him not perform well at times. Yeah. And Utah is the team that can kind of put that that chokehold on a quarterback and on an offensive game plan. And 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 then an offense that goes I, I think Utah had a 40-yard drive that took 7 minutes. They just keep the the opposing offense off the field, so you don't have as many opportunities to go score. I mean, it, it was it was it's the the way that these two the offense and defense have worked together for Utah in great harmony. That's just been fun to watch. So, and so you have a stifling defense, you have an offense that keeps the other the opposing offense off the field. When when I hear the question, uh, does Oregon worry you? Uh, my immediate reaction is which Oregon? Because the team that blew out USC and before that won tight games with Washington and Washington State, they were playing at a pretty high level, but they have not been impressive the last three games. And I wonder if they can just turn it back on. I mean, they knew they had the division and they just lost a sense of urgency because they lost the ASU game, but they were not impressive beating Oregon State. They really weren't that impressive against Arizona, even though the final score is lopsided. They hit on a couple big plays uh, and opened it up there. So can Oregon did, – did Oregon peak too early, or they just haven't had a lot to play for these last couple weeks, and they're going to come out and look as awesome as they did against SC? Because that team against SC ought to worry everybody. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I No, I think, I think Oregon is good, and I think they're beatable. I, I mean, I think – I've said that about all the teams in the in the Pac-12. The the least beatable team to me is Utah, uh, and they I think they've proven that out the last several weeks. Um, and maybe the second less least least beatable team is Oregon, but they're beatable. I've I've watched them play every game this year, and I've watched when they played really well, and I've watched when they've been been not so great. And and I think a key to them being not so great is when they have a defense that matches up and puts Herbert under pressure. That seems like a perfect formula for this Utah team. So I like the matchup. I favor Utah in this matchup, um, but that doesn't mean that Oregon can't, can't give this Utah team trouble. Yeah, I think it should be a competitive game. I mean, I would disagree that Oregon hasn't had enough to play for these last couple of weeks when – uh, certainly, two weeks ago, the potential playoff appearance was on the line. You can argue last week, uh, but I think the Devils showed uh, a little bit uh, how to attack Oregon, and then defensively, they gave Justin Herbert some fits. That was not a good game. He threw a couple interceptions that were not good, and then he threw some passes that uh, just didn't look good. So obviously, Utah's defense is better than ASU's defense, and I think in in the end. When it comes down to it, it's going to be Utah's bread and butter. The offense has been a pleasant surprise this year, you can say. If you want to say it's a surprise, if you thought they were going to be that good, that's up to you. But I think it's a little bit of a pleasant surprise. But 
the reason why I'm going to pick them to win the game on Friday night is back to what they do, the foundation of the program, and that's strong defense. And I see it being right there. This defense should be jacked and ready to go because they know, everybody knows, you can't fool these kids. They have heard for weeks and weeks you're beating a bunch of teams that aren't very good. I mean, they do not have a win over any team that won eight games this year, which actually, now that it's said and done, you can't change it. I think that works in Utah's favor because they're sick of hearing about it, that they haven't beaten a team. There's only one team that won eight games on their schedule, and they didn't beat them, and that's SC. So in a roundabout way, that's actually going to work to Utah's favor because they're going to have an opportunity to go, well, we can show them because you cannot blow off a win over Oregon. Oregon won 10 games, and yeah, they slipped up a couple of times by a possession each time. So it's not like in their losses they got blown out to Auburn and the Sun Devils neither of which were in Eugene they were right there and then they lose the game by a few points that's football it happens it could happen to the Utes uh, Friday night but nevertheless all this crap about Utah's crappy schedule is actually going to work to Utah's advantage now that's the way I see it well it it certainly could and and um, like, like I said, this is an Oregon team with a terrific quarterback. I like Justin Herbert a lot. And he, of all the guys that I've watched this year, he can make plays with his arm that, that very few people make. In fact, I, I would put him right near the top of the quarterbacks, maybe at the top of the ability to make throws, all of the throws. I mean, with velocity and with touch and all over the field and, you know, great Great motion. All, he has all of the tools, all of the right tools. But um, when you harass him like Arizona State did, I, I, I think Utah could potentially make this a disastrous evening for Justin Herbert and just keep him on the run, uncomfortable, and force him into throwing bad. But we've seen him do that too. I mean, we've seen him throw a lot of great passes, and we've seen him throw several bad passes. And this is a Utah defense I think could put him in those situations regularly. Hey, one X's and O's thing here. If the tight end sweep couldn't be defended, more people would run it. And I don't remember Gronkowski running a tight end sweep. Why is this working for Utah, and what has Oregon got to do to stop it? Because Keithy in the last three weeks has gone from having a good year to turning into a superstar. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, the, it, it's been great timing for Utah to run the run the tight end sweep it's not something that's you know a foundation necessarily of their offensive game plan um it's just kind of like the timing of it and catching the defense in the right defensive set and it's been the blocking it has been fantastic i mean Keithy gets around the corner and he doesn't have much resistance so uh for Oregon defensively they're going to have to have someone spying. As soon as Keithy goes into motion, I mean, I, I think I would have someone keyed on that motion. Like, is he is he's moving across, or is he's lined up in a, in a in a position where he's run that sweep before? Then I would have my my strong safety or my linebacker, somebody, my extra defensive back that is aligned with wherever he's going. He's become such a weapon um, and such a consistent weapon. And maybe, I mean, you could say that he's Tyler Huntley's favorite weapon, that now if you're an opposing, if I'm an opposing defense, then that's the guy I say, well, I'm going to have to mark him constantly. 
he's going to be the one guy that I ha- I'm dedicating one of my defenders to, to marking that guy because he's, he's so productive whenever he gets the ball. And, and certainly that was the case against Colorado. He was so productive um, coming around the edge. He's tremendously athletic. Um, catches the ball well. He's super consistent, and and um, and now he's now he's not he's not a secret anymore. At this point in the season, he's just not a secret. And the defense, Oregon, I, I think that Oregon is gonna is going to dedicate someone to to marking Keithy. Frank, we appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, you guys. Great to great to talk to you, and thanks for having me on. Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback, broadcaster, our Utah insider here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Yogi Roth's going to be here at 8.30. More on the Utes and the Ducks. we got questions up at Facebook. You're already uh, flocking all over them. PK, you kind of touched on it right there. Uh, how much does it matter that Utah has not beaten a team that won eight games this season? How much uh, is that a factor? Uh, I mean, I think it matters um, if it keeps them out. It, it, if Utah gets kept out, that might be one of the reasons. But you look at uh, Oregon in the conference. There's, I mean, in their division, they're the only team above 500. And the, the North looks so good at the start of the year, <laughs> and it just four and five, four and five, four and five, three and six, three and six. The second half of the season has not been kind. Holy freak! Right. Well, Washington and Washington State were supposed to be good, and they just kept backing Fell up. apart, yeah. Right? And then uh, Stanford got hit by injuries, if you want to give them a little pass for that. They were supposed to be good. Cal lost their quarterback. They were good until he went down, and then nothing after that. Well, he came back, though. He did. And then it's, and they won a couple ball games with him back. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So the Utes... With uh, Washington and BYU now sitting on seven wins, how much does it matter the Utes haven't beaten a team that won eight games this season? We'll get your response to that question next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Purchase Ford fans on all you need tickets to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford fans on all you can eat tickets now. Question of the morning. How much does it matter that Utah has not beaten a team that won eight games this season? Unfortunately, I think it does matter if Oklahoma wins. Still think they're going to get the nod. If Georgia wins, I've got no problem giving Georgia the nod. Uh, but if I'm Utah, I don't go the schedule game because I don't think you can win that. But I know you're going to try to because you're 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 a fan and emotions take over and you don't really look at it analytically. Uh, you, you look at it from the fan perspective, and that's great. I mean, you're you're the folks who keep us employed, so I've got no problem with any of you doing that. But I don't think you win the schedule game. So, do you think that if they do, you think they would get points for trying because you schedule these games a few years out? Who's they? If the Utes had scheduled a big name opponent in an effort to get an excellent team, 
But then you schedule, let's take Texas, because Oklahoma and LSU both played him. And Texas ends up 7-5. and five. So the Utes still don't have a win over an eight-win team. But then you could say, well, they tried to schedule a big-name Power 5 team. And they yeah, just... but they didn't. See, and the, 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 the Ute fans who say, well, BYU, that's why we should get them off the schedule, you're wrong. It's Northern Illinois who needs to be off the yeah, schedule. Yeah, because you look at Colorado. They play Colorado State and they played Nebraska. You can schedule another right. big-time game right. and keep your money game. Yes. So it becomes the Mac. what has historically been the Mac Mountain West game. Although Colorado scheduled Air Force is what's kept them out of a bowl game. Because they didn't put and a Air big... And Air Force s- ends up 10-2 and two this year, so they're really good. <laughs> right. They didn't put a big sky... Right. If they slide game. a big sky in there, they're going to a bowl. But they didn't do it, and so you got to give them credit for at least trying to to do that. you got you got to have at least one. And BYU doesn't resonate at that level. Because you look at Colorado... And people say, well, get BYU off the schedule. No. Keep them on the schedule and schedule somebody else. If Colorado can do it, why can't you do it? And you see Los Angeles does it and SC does it. You want to be big time, be big time. You are big time. Be bigger time. So that's what I'm saying. Don't play the schedule game because you're going to lose that. Play up the strength of your team, how you annihilated everybody, how you've got NFL guys all over the place, how you've got one of the top running backs, if not literally the top running back in the country. Wayne says, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but the highest CFP ranking ever says it's not hurting as much. Buckle up. Well, not hurting you much. If you finish fifth, it didn't hurt you much, but it hurt you enough. Enough, yeah. And certainly if they beat Oregon, they're not going to finish lower than fifth. I think they deserve a shot. I just don't know that they're going to get it. And that's apparently people are still very upset about that. And I put that on the, in print form so you can look at it and it's there all the time forever and ever. Whereas when you say stuff on the radio, it doesn't hold as much weight because it comes and goes. But when it's there in front of your face and they didn't like it, well... I still stand by it. I'm still thinking Oklahoma. I hope it doesn't happen. Chris says they need to quit talking about the youth. They need to quit scheduling bleep and non-conference games. The games aren't even fun to watch. Who wants to watch and play Northern Illinois or Idaho State? It's not even fun to watch. He repeats himself. Well, a lot of youth fans agree with you because there were a ton of empty seats for games that were played in September when it wasn't snowing. Yeah, well, it's actually hot. Yeah. Actually, some people complained about that's why they didn't go. It was all well, hot in the state, and they, the le- they left early. And they got an afternoon Pac-12 network slot. Yeah, one was at one thirty, I think, and the other was at eleven. But don't it, the schedule's over, so you can't. You're not going to go back and change it. I would change the narrative to go along the lines of look how awesome we were with this schedule, rather than trying to justify the schedule. Because you're not going to win that game. It's not. It's just not going to work. Oklahoma played a tougher schedule than you. Georgia played a tougher schedule than you. Those are your two. Well, Georgia's, Baylor. Georgia's got the Notre Dame game, and it resonates. Baylor doesn't have any big-time opponents. Well, that's why I didn't put them in. Right. The, Oklahoma. Although they would have beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma though. tried, but then they got a UCLA team that had a losing record. And they with Houston, that's it's not a Power 5 team, but they've been one of the better group of five teams, but they had a losing record. So they didn't get any big non— none of them have big non-conference games, although you can give Oklahoma credit if you want for trying. But if you're trying to get the best teams— 
what an athletic director tried to do, how much should that matter? Again, you're going back. I, I want to go forward. Well, the question takes us back, though. If you want to go back, go ahead and defend yourself. You're the sports stud of the world, so, I mean, it's your call. You've won all the awards. But I'm going forward because it, you're not going to win. If you're Utah, you're not going to win that game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.